Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined by my buddy, Drew Dinkmeyer to, of course, continue our series where we sit down and draft a team in the $3.5 million Play Draft Best Ball Championship, a million dollars up top. Drew, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. We got the 12th pick. So we've had, I think, kind of early mid-ish picks the first few times we've done this. So the 12th is a new spot that we can draft from. Um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. I, I This area of the draft I've drafted so frequently from, for me personally, I know it hasn't been reflected in these podcasts, but I've drafted so frequently from the back end of the draft that I feel very comfortable about how the drafts flow from there. Do you, do you, uh, do you like drafting from the 12 spot? I don't mind it. I will say this. It's not like it's theoretically easier to construct stacks because you have two picks in a row, but it is value wise. I don't think there's as many stacks that line up directly with that spot yeah i think that i think that makes unless like kelsey falls then it becomes fun because you can really get mahomes at the end of three which isn't that bad of a value um and stuff like that zeke went one one don't do not see that happening very often these days and uh and just for the for the listeners out there what what am i am i going with 1.10 1.12 1.12 what do the people want, Davis? Because I know you're getting feedback on this. I would say one. I would say one twelve is what I would say. Okay. You can say whatever you want, though. I don't want to change you on this podcast. <laughs> you, can, you can say whatever you want. You know, you the, this is a this is a free to be you and me podcast. But it, okay. but the, the listeners tilt it. Which honestly, <laughs> honestly, if you're not if you're not tilting when you're listening to a podcast, I don't even know if you're doing it right. That's fair. That's fair. What is so at the at the we'll get into uh, some some preseason because we now have preseason action. We're gonna have some preseason oh, yeah. thoughts from week one. I know you posted an article with your takeaways from week one, but as we're coming up on the pick here, who who are you wanting at one point one two in two point oh one? Uh Juju Smith Schuster Juju Smith and Odo Beckham. It's a pretty sweet combo. That's uh, so I had that turn. I had that in the FFPC pros versus Joe's where a winner gets a seat to the main event in 2020. And I, that's what I did at 112, 201. Would you take Kelsey above either of those two? If Kelsey, got uh, if he had been there in that format, I would have, cause that's tight end premium in this probably not. Well, maybe because you're, you're definitely, I don't think you get Mahomes at 312 all that often. You do, uh, you get them okay. It's, it's, I think it's like a coin flip, honestly. Maybe not. I probably Maybe take, I, probably like 30, I take 40. Kelsey so often in the first round right. that it's probably 50 50. Yeah. All right. So we've got, we're, we're up at, uh, 112 and 2 1, and Odell and Ju- Juju are there. Julio's there. Um, Odell, Juju, the combo. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. I just, there's just like, honestly, this is, this doesn't even make any sense at all. Like, this is not the way that like human logic should work, but like, when I get the 110 to 202, I guess, I'm like so much more likely to take Kelsey 
Smith Schuster or whatever. Like even if Kelsey was there at 112, just because I like clicking Odell and Juju back to back so much. Like I just feel like that's such an insane, like fun pat. Like you're just like, yeah, I'm here at this draft to have fun. Those are t- those are two guys that within their range of outcomes, very much is like one of the best receiving seasons we've seen in ever. Yeah, like I think Julio probably has that. Um, I guess you could make the case that Michael Thomas has it if, like, Kamara got hurt. Or if the Saints just reverted back to the 2010 but I, but Saints. I, but I don't know that Drew Brees can handle that. Yeah, I don't think he can anymore either. Um, which I guess you could make that case against Ben, but, I mean, they just throw so much. Um, I'm trying to think, like, who else could really do that? I don't think Mike Evans could do that. Um, I think Evans could so like my corollary for like ceiling wide receiver seasons out of nowhere is the Dwayne Bow season where he had 16 touchdowns like out of for for no reason and I I just think you're saying Evans just on size alone could could just I'm just saying yeah like if if he just ran hot he could score 45 percent of that team's passing touchdowns one year okay I could see that Um, all right so we've got a little bit of time in between our picks here uh, give give the people uh, a little bit of a taste of what your takeaways from uh, from the preseason were. I think the biggest take is that Daryl Henderson is not an eighth that round draft good. pick in fantasy football. Yeah, that dude that dude oh. carries not a good sign. I am so I got suckered into getting exposure to him in the eighth and ninth round because frankly I'm so confident and maybe I'm an idiot. We'll see if Todd Gurley makes me look like an idiot. I'm so confident that. Todd Gurley's going to miss time this year, and I'm mm-hmm. so confident that the Rams are going to be a good offense that I just wanted cheap exposure. And so if he was like the last of a running back tier kind of in that range, I would end up drafting him on occasion. I think I have like 10 to 15%, and I feel really bad about that. My initial take coming in, and I remember saying this to Anthony when very early on in the offseason after the draft, the Gerald Henderson hype train like exploded – and I was like, I think this has gone too far. Like, I think Malcolm Brown's probably the guy. And I still have, like, 20 to 25% Malcolm Brown, maybe maybe a little bit more. But I, I now am regretful that I don't have as much because I think Malcolm Brown's now going to start moving. We were talking about this before the podcast. Those guys that I was taking in 17 and 18 in, in drafts at the running back spot are harder to get now. Yeah, so I don't think you should feel bad about having Henderson because, like, he's still probably going to have a role. I don't think that the team is, like, outright lying when they say they want to use him in a Chris Thompson sort of way. And he should probably have a couple spiked weeks where he scores, like, a 72-yard touchdown or whatever. But he's, but way, over, he's way overpriced. Way overpriced, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, five rounds overpriced. Like, th- like at least four. Because, I mean, Chris Thompson's going, like, 16. And, obviously, Chris Thompson's worst offense, like, big injury history, like, no role, no shot at a, at a workhorse role, which I guess you could, you could say in the best-case scenario for Henderson, maybe. But he, he, didn't, he, didn't look, he didn't look great. And he, not only did he not look great. But, I mean, it doesn't – I don't even care. Like, I'm not watching these guys yeah, yeah. to see, who, like, who looks great or whatever. But yeah. the dude was in with not the second-string offense. That dude, He was in with Brandon Allen getting, like, between-the-tackles carries in the third quarter of the first preseason game. And, like, that, like whatever. Sometimes rookies play in the preseason just because the coaches want to see him. But McVay didn't play Malcolm Brown. So that's like that was the thing that set the the warning signs off to me. Is, that, that was that was the play. thing last year too, right? That John Kelly went nuts in the preseason, and everybody got super excited about John yeah. Kelly as the handcuff. 
and they they were like, no, nah, Malcolm Brown's our guy. He's our number two. Like, and then it was we had talked about before on this podcast that you know they matched the offer sheet from Detroit, so they clearly had shown some interest in him. Um, we're three picks away here, and uh, Damian Williams actually just went at three point six, and I want to talk about Damian Williams in a second. Um, but after this this Juju Odell combo, one of the challenges of drafting towards the back half of the first it's round is finding any running back worth a shit. Yeah, they just don't come around. So I know the guy that I know the guy that you like to target in this range, and we'll see if he gets there. Is Josh Jacobs? Yeah, um, he'll get there. He usually does. Uh, we're two picks away. Aaron Jones is still hanging out. If he falls, oh, that's I, odd. Yeah, I usually take him there. Mahomes is still there. So if we had gotten fortunate enough to have Kelsey, there would Jones have been a- goes in the second round sometimes. That's wild. Well, it's interesting to see what's happening to guys that were like mid third are now getting pushed up into the second because of some of the concerns around the different players, you know, the concerns with Melvin Gordon, the concerns with Antonio Brown, now the concerns with Damian Williams, which we'll talk about in a second. So Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs are there um, at 3.1. Take them them both, I think. Both, And then we've got got some running backs. Um, That's a good team. That's a unique team. I bet bet you are one of the only drafts out of the 160,000 teams in this thing that's going to have these four players. I bet this is a super unique combo. It's an interesting – I got the crying face laugh emoji from somebody on the Josh Jacobs pick. Someone did not like that one um, in the draft room. Have you seen that where they can – People – well, I mean – You're tabling so much that you're not sitting there, but the, the people can emoji your pick. Yeah, no. So I, I, every once in a while, I'll just do one team at a time. And because my screen name on draft is just Davis Matic. So yeah. pretty much every draft I'm in, people are railing me and they're just, <laughs> doing, they're just doing like emojis on all my picks. Like it's just, it doesn't matter. All right. So we've got some time here. One of the things I, I do like about picking at the, at the 12 slot when we're doing this podcast is it allows for clear breaks in the conversation and clear drafts. Um, yeah. So I wanted to circle back on Damian Williams. Because I know this has been a, a sort of a contentious player to evaluate during the course of the offseason. I know early on in the offseason, you were very much uh, very high on him and thought, you know, when he was going fourth, fourth, sometimes fifth, that that was way too too low and that he should be going uh, more along the lines of a running back one. The training camp situation hasn't been great because he wasn't practicing for a while with an injury. And then there's these comments about An- Andy Reid having a, a running back by committee and everybody's taking their victory laps. Uh, on Twitter, which I think is just hilarious in general, because like it's one week into the preseason, we really don't know if we've been right or wrong. Um, but I do have some strong takes on this, specifically for the Best Ball Draft Championship. And this okay. is this is in the context of this is a tournament where if you're going to make money on this tournament, you're going to have to have like a top one percent type team. Um, and so, so yes, Damien Williams as a pure value might be a, might have been a little bit overvalued in like mid two, late two, where he was going mm-hmm. like a median outcome expectation. But tell me the types yeah, his, of his his 90th percentile season is 1900 yards, 22 touchdowns. Like we've just seen this with Kareem Hunt the last few years, who yeah. was like a good, uh, certainly a better running back prospect than Damian Williams when Damian Williams came out. But Damian, no, here's the thing. He was Damian Williams is a good prospect. The thing that gets well, in terms of draft in the middle, yeah, okay, yeah. In terms of draft capital, so that's what I'm referring to with that. So then, then we saw Damian Williams replicate that Kareem Hunt production 
when Spencer Ware was healthy later on in the season and they treated him like that. These are all the arguments that you made early in the offseason about why he should be considered a running back one. So my thought process on this is I've taken the barbell approach where early on in draft season when I could get Darwin Thompson in the 17th, 18th, I was basically making a concerted effort that if I draft Damian Williams, then I don't draft Darwin Thompson. If I don't draft Damian Williams, I get Darwin Thompson. And I want the majority of my teams to have a potential KC running back one going into the playoffs. And Carlos Hyde was the guy that I was willing to bet against because Carlos Hyde has been a non-productive player through for years and years and years. So that was my take. And I feel like that exposure has given me really, really big upside because where do running back ones come from? They come from the best offenses in football, right? Like routinely the best running backs in fantasy usually come from the best offenses in football. There are some exceptions, certainly like Saquon Barkley and whatnot, but routinely that's usually what happens because they get that touchdown opportunity. I, I feel very confident Kansas city is going to be one of the best offenses in football. So I still think mid to late two is okay for Damian Williams in these best ball championship drafts because you're not really trying to, you know, hit median outcomes. You're trying to hit ceiling outcomes. And I think he's one of those few running backs that does have top five running back upside if things break. And it doesn't even have to break in an unusual way for him from an efficiency standpoint. He just has to earn the, the bell cow, which could happen through attrition, could happen through performance. I, I, I mean, this is, every, this is all the points that I was making in, like, March. Yeah. Yeah, like it, it's just like even if you don't think Damian Williams is that good, it just it just doesn't really matter. Like, and that that's really all that it comes down to. Yeah, and so like if you're nitpicking, and 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 so again, this this is for a contest where upside is the most important thing. Um, if you're nitpicking a few po- points on ADP, like get out of here. Like it's it's it that's not not for this contest. That doesn't matter. And that's the same thing where like there's certain people who are like, oh, I'm not going to draft. Melvin Gordon at all because I'm just not going to take that zero that's fine but if I can get what was a consensus top seven player in the third round I'm going to take my chances on that and I'm going to yeah, like, I, I take I take I, I'm good taking him I'm good taking Zeke when they let him when he falls to five or whatever yeah so like yeah all right we're coming up in two picks here uh the 5.12 and the 6.01 and um well, it's two picks away, so I don't I don't want to get too excited, uh, get you too excited. But DJ Moore is still hanging. Around. No way, he never lasts. He never lasts the end of the fifth round. <laughs> He's still hanging around. Um, I doubt he'll last. Uh, it would be very surprising. Calvin Ridley is there. Hunter Henry is there. Uh, DJ Moore goes five point one zero. So that that's oh my god, that is so tilting. Five point ten. Um. All right, so and then Sony Michelle, who's been getting some some hype on the uh, on the interwebs today. Specifically, I saw some people breaking them down. He goes five point one one. Can this you is, imagine being excited about Sony Michelle? This for me is a pretty easy turn here with with Ridley and Hunter Henry. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have, a, I do not have a ton of Calvin Ridley. I've just started recently taking him every once in a while, just just to not have a hundred percent DJ Moore. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the spot that I got myself into, but he's actually been falling a little bit now to me. So like five, you know, basically end of fifth, start of sixth for him as one of the cheaper price tags that you'll get on him. So through six rounds, we've got, uh, 
Josh Jacobs and Aaron Jones at running back, Juju, Odell, Ridley at wide receiver, and Hunter Henry at tight end. Uh, one, of the cha- one of the things that I, I wanted to bring up when the question of if Kelsey fell, uh, because if you do have Kelsey fall into the 10, 11, 12 range in round one, a lot of times at the end of round five, one of Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry are available. Sometimes O.J. Howard is available, very rarely, but sometimes O.J. Howard is available. And I think that's actually a pretty good sweet spot for tight ends. And not always are um, commensurate receivers available to those tight ends. Some, most of the time there is. Most of the time like a, a Cooper Cup hangs around or someone like that, but not always. And so I was thinking sometimes – I feel like with those late round picks, because I've taken so much Kelsey, I don't mind skipping over Kelsey to take two wide receivers, knowing that I can hopefully get one of Ingram or Henry or OJ Howard late five. But if I don't, then things kind of fall apart at the tight end position for me. Yeah, I mean that's uh that's the that's the way that I would approach it as well, just because I, I think like sort of after sort of after DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley go, I think there's sort of like a dead range in receiver until it gets to Christian Kirk. But, but I don't want to take Christian Kirk at 5'11", 601. Like, I guess I would, but I, I, I don't like, you know, I'm not jump, but I'm not jumping to get Alshon Jeffrey. I'm not jumping to get Jarvis Landry. I'm not jumping to get Allen Robinson. So I, I think I would agree with that point overall, that like it's better to forego Kelsey, maybe even if he's there and let him fall into the second, just because you're not going to feel great about the wide receivers there at 5'6". So circling back on the Damian Williams-Darwin-Thompson conversation, now that Darwin is going to have this jump, this spike in ADP that's kind of happening, um, I want to talk through in general, like the running backs that are having spikes in ADPs and, and where you think the appropriate place to take them are. I think there's um, four guys that I'm thinking of. So like snap response, you give me the round that you would be comfortable taking these guys. Uh, first one, Darwin Thompson. I'm good starting in like the 14th. Okay. 13th. Tony Pollard. Do y'all early, earlier than anyone else. <laughs> so Pollard's your guy. Um, like if, so if I'm there, I have two quarterbacks. I have three wide receivers and I drafted at least one running back in the first four rounds. So like my team just has no clear glaring holes. And I'm just like, I feel good about the team. Let's, let's shoot for the moon. I'll take him in the 12th round. Okay. Um, Matt Prieta. 12th round. He, he's got to be the guy who is um, the most undervalued. Like the market generally, when any of these things happens to running backs, use like, so Kalen Bosch scores a one yard touchdown in the preseason. Boom. 10th round. Matt Breida should be doing the same thing, but ADP is not sliding that way for him quite as much. He, he has started to jump though into 11, 12 pretty consistently now. So like yeah. 12, you might not be able to get him there. Um, he was a guy that, for whatever reason, I think I was I was just kind of comfortable waiting on Thompson, uh, Malcolm Brown late, and I just didn't end up with a lot of Rita. I ended up with like a lot of Madison, and now I'm kind of regretting that. I'm trying to reach up and get a little bit, and it feels dirty because I feel like I'm just chasing a, uh, you know, at best an okay price tag. Um, there's one more guy I want to get to, but we're up in three picks, uh, so you know we're a pretty balanced team right now. The top of the board. Jarvis Landry, uh, Andrew Luck, Latavius Murray, Rashad Penny, Vance McDonald, Baker Mayfield, uh, Lat just went, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Darius Geis, Daryl Henderson, Marvin Jones, Corey Davis, Royce Freeman. 
for me of going through that list, obviously, uh, I know your boy Valdez Scantling is going to be a, a, among the top with with probably Corey Davis. Those would probably be your two picks if they both lasted. But Valdez Scantling. I'm starting to feel a little bit of love for Rashad Penny. Oh no. Here's the thing. We like Justice Hill, right? Yeah. What what makes Rashad Penny's situation and projection like meaningfully different than Justice Hill? Like I get Justice Hill's a lot cheaper, but he's starting to get more expensive. But I think the two are like very, very similar, honestly. They're 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 the secondary back on a team with a quarterback that we view as good. Yeah, I mean it's just gonna run a lot. It's four to five rounds difference is the is the thing. Um, I mean, right. like you just said, you know, we're not oh. nitpicking values, though. I mean, four to five rounds, I'm going to – that's not nitpicking. That's a big deal. All right, I took Corey Davis at 7.12. We have four wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end. My inclination here, honestly, would be to take Vance McDonald and close out the tight end position. Um, but I'm open to Rashad Penny if you want. What about Kyler Murray? Unstacked, naked I, Kyler. Naked Kyler? We, all right, we got to make – I bet you don't have any of those yet. All right, I took Rashad Penny just to just to satisfy you, because I was running I was running out the time. Running out of time. Block there. Yeah, I mean, um, and so in drafts where I don't start with a ton, like if if I only have one running back or two running backs by that round eight spot, and Latavius is gone, I, I'm sort of opening opening my mind to Rashad Penny. I probably take him there, you know, ten percent of the time now or what. My instinct there would have I probably would have taken Vance McDonald and closed out the tight end position because then. I get in this weird spot where I'm probably not – I mean, Hooper might be there end of nine, but if I take Hooper end of nine, then I'm going to be in a weird spot with quarterbacks because my second quarterback would have to come, you know, end of 11, and that's risky with who, who will last there. Um, so I probably would have would have taken Vance there. The last guy I wanted to get your, your ADP take on is Duke Johnson. What's the round? So Duke, Duke is the one who I'm like, okay, well, I guess here, here are the two takes. The one take is Kiki Cutie's out for six weeks, and then he comes back and he's hobbling around on his ankle. Duke Johnson, probably very good draft day value, kind of wherever he goes. Kiki Cutie's back week one is plays 16 games with minor complications. A lot of people are going to be stuck holding the bag with Duke Johnson, I think. So you do not think that Duke Johnson has the chance to just surpass Lamar Miller and be the, the lead back. I think, I think a lot of what is playing into the ADP spike is, I is, think, is the, the flippity flop. Yeah. I think people just view Lamar Miller as a guy that can get, get beat essentially. And they were drafting Deonta Foreman in the 11th round. So now you've got Duke Johnson, who's been a more productive player than Deontay Foreman. I think at every level, um, no, Dante Foreman was uh, he he killed college football. That's why people are. That, Duke, no, that's what. Am yeah, I, wrong? I mean, like no, Duke I mean, he did. Here, let me let me just just because it's been so long, I kind of forget why people freaked out so much about Dante Foreman. Yeah, Dante Foreman's final college season at Texas: uh, two thousand rushing yards, fifteen rushing touchdowns. So, uh, like he was a he was crazy good his final year. Yeah, that does seem pretty good. I'll be honest. Two thousand yards and uh and fifteen tutties. That that sounds that's pretty. A good. Lot of, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of fantasy points. Um, but I mean, Duke Johnson, uh, Foreman obviously tore his Achilles and was never the same. So yeah, so I, I think I think a lot of people are drafting Duke on the idea that he can surpass Lamar Miller. Do you do you think that's a a small possibility? Do you think Lamar Miller is 
generally. I mean, I, I would handicap that the same way that I would handicap Alexander Madison over Dalvin Cook or whatever. Like, I, I don't think they're going to just bench Lamar Miller. Yeah. But, like, I like is Duke Johnson a good zero RB target? He does all the things. He's young. He's fast. The team uh, gave up something of value for him. He catches passes, which is the most important thing to look for in, a, like, in a, a zero RB candidate. I just think, like, and maybe this is just me being stubborn, but, like, I, I, I tend to kind of go against the grain when everyone just says a player's really good. And so everyone, like everyone on Twitter just uh, has assured everyone for so long that Duke Johnson is this like game breaking player. And I'm like, yeah, he's a good running back and he's good at catching passes. I don't think he's the secret sauce that the Texans offense has been missing. So what's your, what's your, like you gave two scenarios, but if you're, if you're drafting right now and we don't exactly know the extent of the He's like, he's, he's fine in the, so he'd like, he's probably one step up from the, uh, Justice Hill, Tony Pollard, Darwin Thompson range of players. So okay. he's like round 10, 11. Yeah, he's going He's going yeah. the highest of those group, I think. Yeah. Him, and Brita, him and Brita have really skyrocketed um, into the 11, 12 range. And that's led to some challenges for me with these drafts because their depth hanging on and people drafting guys like Deonta Foreman, who I, who I wasn't in on, um, was – this is this is insane, by the way. Uh, five picks away, and Baker Mayfield is still there. In, in round nine, ten. This is nine nine point seven, and Baker Mayfield's still there. He's not going to um, get there. He pointed it out, dude. You jinxed it. I know, um, but then Drew Brees and Daryl Henderson won. Daryl Henderson nine point eight. So yeah, that's already we're we're gonna see we're, we're in slippery slide territory now. We're going to see the convergence of Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson over the next week. I bet by the next time we do one of these, All Malcolm right, so, Brown. So yeah. Malcolm Brown, ADP, where, where are you taking Malcolm Brown right now then? Well, I mean, I think he's the – there's no meaningful difference to me between Malcolm Brown and Tony Pollard and Justice Hill and Ito Smith or whatever. Like, I think he's the exact same category of player. It's just a use – like, it's, it's going to be hard for me to wrap my mind around the fact that I was getting him in the 18th round for three months and now I have to take him in the 12th round. Like, that, like, like guys like that that you like that still project well, even when they spike in ADP, it's just hard to get yourself to uh, take these guys. All right, Baker did not come back to us, of course. Uh, went at 9.9. Um, so now we can take, like, an unstackable quarterback, Wentz, Winston, Goff. Um, Hooper is still there, so we could close out tight end with Hooper. In terms of wide receiver, Moncrief, Tyrell Williams, Larry Fitzgerald are there. Running back, this go, is kind of a dead zone. Do we have court? We don't have a quarterback. We don't have a quarterback. So we, like, have, we have Juju Odell. Yeah, naked Jameis. We don't have any stack options. Naked Jameis. We could go Moncrief here and then go Big Ben in the next round. Okay, Moncrief got Moncrief. Um, do you want to get one of the quarterbacks and yeah. have Big Ben be our second quarterback? Yeah, make sure Jameis and Ben don't have the same bye week. I, uh, we've learned already from they do so we so we're going golf or Lamar you going Lamar Ooh, yeah okay a little bit early for Lamar but I mean the way we're trying to set this team up the problem is if Ben goes before our next turn and there are less teams incentivized to take him though now that we just took Moncrief there are if people are playing that way um, but the bigger, the bigger challenge will be the fact that 
we don't have like Dak is one of the emergency guys and Dak and Lamar have the same bye week, which has been another frustrating conundrum. A lot of the quarterbacks that I like, there's, there's enough that have the same bye week that it's been frustrating. Um, like Jameis, Big Ben, Cam, all the same bye week. Then Mahomes Rivers, but if you're drafting Mahomes, you're never really drafting a Rivers anyway as your second quarterback. Uh, but Lamar Dak um, is the other pairing. Um, and then, you know, for me, I always have to keep in mind of the bye weeks of guys like Andy Dalton and Sam Darnold and all those quarterbacks that I like to draft towards the end. It's crazy to me that I it's drafted crazy a Nick to team today. I was actually I was actually looking at stuff last night or two nights ago, and I was like, Nick Foles is just as good as any of these donk quarterbacks going in the 14th round. Like, why, why, like, you know, why does he go so late? You know, if there, there's not really a real reason for it. So he's your he's your favorite guy of that group before it was Andy Dalton before the AJ Green news. Yeah, I did. I I was like low key kind of in on the Bengals offense, but. Now that it's gonna be now that it's gonna be, you know, Tyler Boyd and and CJ Uzoma for a full year, not as great. I mean, listen, Tyler Eifert hasn't hasn't gotten hurt yet, so right. Yeah, like, so he also I don't think I've seen a single clip of him practicing or playing yet, though. No, which, I mean, they shouldn't allow him to do that until the games start. He should be like a Roy Hibbert or a yeah. Gray Godin that year for the Heat. You remember that year for the Heat where they basically played him like two minutes a night, and then they yeah. played against the Pacers, and he was like, boom, 20 minutes a night. <laughs> um, so Duke Johnson and Brita go in round 10 in this draft. Yeah. I, I have no arguments with Matt Brita in – I would have no arguments with Matt Breida up until where Henderson was going, like where Penny, like, I think he's, I think he's good. I think he'll probably be like, I think he'll catch passes. I, I, I just can't, I can't say, you know. Like uh, Carson good. in Winston just went 10.12 or 10.12. That's very late for Winston. Yeah. Which makes the Lamar Jackson pick. It's one of these things when you're on the turn that like the turn you you makes you one of your picks is probably yeah. a guy who fell, and then one of your yeah. picks is probably a reach. Yeah, just a just a struggle bus on the turn. Um, oddly enough, people are taking tight ends above Austin Hooper. Like Jordan Reed and Delaney Walker just went, and Hooper's still there. There's no way he'll make it back the nine picks to us. Um, but because those other quarterbacks were hanging around, I feel like there's. Well, there goes Hooper immediately. Um, I feel like there's a chance that we'll be okay on this this Big Ben gamble, which makes me wish that we had had Vance McDonald earlier instead of Rashad Penny, and we could have gone full onslaught on this. Um, but we would have we would have been in dire straits at the running back position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not dire straits. I shouldn't say that. We'd have Josh Jacobs and Aaron Jones. I uh, I did a team I did a team today that was the rare double double stack. So I had the double quarterback stack. That was so good. Yeah, when you get the quarterback, two wide receiver, quarterback, two wide receiver. So it was um, Cam Moore, Curtis Samuel, and then I for the life of me, I can't, I've done so many of these things. I don't remember who the other one was, but it was quarterback, so that, double wide receiver. I've had that one with Goff, uh, Cooks, Cup. Yeah, pretty that good. One's, that one's fallen to me a couple times. Um, I had the this the one that was wild that I was drafting late one one weekend night was one that I turned off with Mahomes and it had Hardman, Darwin Thompson, Kelsey, and Watkins, 
and then Goff had Cooks and Woods. And I was like, this is this is like last season's best ball dream, like stacking Houston right. and Rams. Um, don't know if I'll if uh, if it'll resurrect. By the way, I've started taking McCall Hardman again. Yeah, there's enough. There's enough there, right? Like, there's like there's enough people talk like like. But, Here's what you don't want to hear about. Oh rookie my gosh. Sniped on Ben Roethlisberger one pick before One us. pick. So we're going to has Mahomes. With the guy who has Mahomes, I am tilting so hard. Oh, my God. Is Dak there? Dak is there, but he has the same bye week as Lamar. We screwed ourselves. Again. Oh, my God. I'm just taking Justice Hill and calming down for a second. All right. We got to take another quarterback here. I mean, Trubisky. Rivers is gone. Trubisky, Cousins, Allen, Garoppolo. Oh my! Okay, God. no. So then we I can take. Then we can take Trubisky, and we can get Gabriel with our next pick. I'm so upset with Mahomes. All right, Trubisky is on the. T- God, just give me. Just feed me this is this that. is probably the worst thing about picking on the turn. By the way, is that you do quite often like you wait for a guy and you're like, oh, I'm gonna get this guy, and then he ends up not being there. What is this user's name? Jaybirds9. I think I've seen that name. Go to hell. Wow. Tough, t- tough scene. I hope he's a listener. <laughs> yes, he, he did stack with Vance McDonald, but I'm, but I'm like, I'm just furious. Like you don't, like you have Mahomes. You don't, you don't invest another top 11 round pick in a quarterback. Yeah, you wait for Dwayne Haskins like a normal person. Yeah, exactly. You take Dwayne Haskins or Ryan Fitzpatrick, Marcus Mariota. Oh, my God, that's tilting. So if we had taken Jameis, we could have taken Dak. We could have had Jameis, Dak. Instead, we have Lamar and Mitch, which, I mean, I guess is not that different. Man, I don't know. I'm starting to not feel good about Trubisky. The, the, the reports on Trubisky are – The reports are bad. They're, they're circa my Twitter account from the last two years, which is basically – And I don't, I don't know. I just think, like – with, if it goes south with Trubisky, it could go really south because Chase Daniel is like Nagy's boy. Like they're like they're like friends. Like he he's been with him on like three different teams. He's paid like so like one of the biggest contracts of backup I mean, we, quarterbacks. We saw, that, we saw that situation last year. It's not pretty. Chase Daniel is not a not a starting level quarterback. I mean, they, he barely got through those games against Detroit, and then they lost the Giants in uh, in Giants Stadium with Chase Daniel as quarterback. Yeah, but not good. Trubisky can't throw to his left. <laughs> he can't do it. The thing about Trubisky, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I want to rehash all of the stupidity of the Bears. I think I've done that enough over the years of what that draft pick meant in terms of in terms of the risk reward characteristics. Just made no sense whatsoever. I'm still upset about it. Uh, Trey Burton went. So one of our potential stack candidates for Trubisky is is off the rails. I've been getting Gabriel like 16 or later, so I'm not interested in taking him next. Um, also, like probably maybe at the point in which your plan has already gone awry. Yeah, everything's you don't have to, dead like, now. You don't have to like force the stack that much. Yeah, everything's dead now. Is, um, is Pollard, so, where did Pollard go? Pollard is available. Darwin Thompson just went 13.5. Yeah, people, people love to see the running back in the third quarter of the first preseason game catch a screen pass and take it to the end zone. Not that it wasn't an impressive play, but like the, the corresponding spike in ADP, maybe a bit too much. <laughs> you think the, the four, four and a half round spike 
for uh for the the one twitter clip is a little much it's i mean and i don't even reportedly when he reportedly like all the you know everybody's tweeting every snap of chiefs running back practices these days and reportedly he was fourth behind daryl williams too and that's another daryl williams adp is start like he before he wouldn't even show up with an adp it was just 216.0 you know maybe i need to start shifting him to my 18th round running back pick i have none of him I don't uh, – he's pretty <laughs> far down the list. He's pretty – I mean, I guess I can say, like, he's any worse than taking Ryquel Armstead. But I, 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 I don't know. I had a bit of Ryquel Armstead because you had sold me on how Leonard Fournette's terrible. Uh, we're on, on deck, and this, this Jaybirds fella who's, you know, my, my mortal enemy is about to take Anthony Miller to ruin that stack right in front of us, I'm sure. Because um, Anthony Miller has somehow hung around to 13.11. Oh, he's gone. He's going to go right here. Jaybirds, don't you dare. Don't you. I've started, by the way, I've started taking Anthony Miller again just because, like, the math says just take as many seconds. It's a Gio Bernard. This guy, Jaybirds. Okay, not a, not a Roto Expert subscriber. I'm listening, Jaybirds. So we're taking Anthony Miller, and then we should take a running back. Uh, Madison or your boy Pollard? Pollard. Pollard it is. Dude, the team likes Pollard. All right, so we've got a we've got a, a weird running back group. We have five running backs now: um, Jacobs, Jones, Penny, Hill, and Pollard. Uh, two sets of running backs with the same bye week, so not a lot of great bye week diversification there. This is a poorly constructed team in terms of bye weeks uh, and quarterback selections and many other things. But I don't sweat. I don't sweat the bye weeks all that hard, honestly. I like to have diversification in the bye weeks because I, I just if you. If you get like your clumped production and it's just at the wrong times when you're when you're like bi week loaded on a team, you could end up falling behind pretty quickly. Um, because if you just happen to run into a week where let's say you have four wide receivers with bi week seven, and now this isn't as big of a problem if you've like double stacked a couple different groups because you've given yourself that upside to account for it later on um, with the stack with the correlation, but if you have like four, four of your seven wide receivers with bye week seven, you need those, th- you're, you're automatically only counting those three scores from yeah. bye week seven. And so you're opening yourself up to a very vulnerable week where it's going to be hard to incrementally make that up in the other weeks where you have all the wide receivers. So this is it's something not- we should oh. add for the best ball tools next year. We should ha- look at like how often leagues are decided by like 20 or less points. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because because that would definitely influence how much How's I'm worrying Ag- about bye weeks. Aguilar just won 14.8. What is happening in this draft? I can't believe this Jaybirds fella just ruined ruined our vibe. Nelson Aguilar, man, he he's like got to be a a dog to make the team at this point. If no, Jay, if, no, 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 your boy Salfino is pimping Ag- Aguilar hard as the uh, the free wide receiver. Well, he no, he never believes in any rookie wide receiver, which I I mean I guess the math would back him up. Yeah. I I mean I guess if you wanted to draft Aguilar, you would just say okay, Eagles offense we think equals good. Dallas Goddard hurt less twelve personnel. I don't know. I think our Sega Whiteside is going to be playing over him by like week eight though. Our Sega Whiteside is just like what if someone made Alshon Jeffrey fast. So I think he's just the Alshon Jeffrey insurance policy. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I think Aguilar is relatively safe because, like, if you're playing, like, 
so in two wide receiver sets, I think it's fine that they could play them both together. But in three wide receiver sets, which one of those guys is playing the slot? Like, it's, it, it's Ag- Aguilar is always going to play the slot, right? Zach Ertz. No, <laughs> you think they're just going to play two tight end all the time? No, I just think Zach Ertz is going to be in the slot a lot. And I doubt not like Ertz comes off the field. Ertz never plays in line. Okay. How weird was it that Golden Tate was on that team? It was odd. It was so superfluous. How, how it was just not needed. That I was drafting lots of Golden State, then he got suspended, and his ADP like overcorrected, and I'm now like not drafting him at all because I had too much to start. Just a, a very bad series of events for me and Golden State this offseason. You listened. You listened too close to Amico on that one. Yeah, he was on that Golden State hype hype train. I mean, the the numbers made sense, but like I do just uh, like if you if at the end of the year Trey Quinn and Golden Tate were within twenty points of each other in fantasy points, how surprised would you be? Twenty points in uh, in half PPR, I would not be surprised. In full PPR, I think I'd be a little bit surprised. I think, but I mean, this four game suspension is a big deal. So yeah. Trey Trey Quinn, though, I mean, he just that's the eighteenth round pick. You're. Your boy Jack Doyle just went at 15.7. We're four away here. We have two quarterbacks, five running backs, six wide receivers, and a tight end. Uh, at this point, tight end is looking like it's, you know, it's going to be kind of a last-ditch effort. Running back, Chase Edmonds is still there, Mike Davis and Malcolm Brown, and then a bunch of guys I don't want to draft. Uh, wide receiver, Deshaun Hamilton, Adam Humphrey, Zay Jones, Albert Wilson, Taylor Gabriel, Miles Boykin, Randall Cobb, David Moore, Trey Quinn. I think my ideal here would be uh, Chase Edmonds, then one of Hamilton or, or Gabriel. We already have Miller for the single stack, so I don't feel like we need to push the double stack when it's two secondary receivers. Um, I don't know. If, if DraftKings Millionaire Makers taught me anything last year, it's that you need Taylor Gabriel to Mitch Trubisky to win a million dollars. It might just be good juju. All right. Well, we can – I took Chase Edmonds as our sixth running back. Um we can take, we can take Gabriel. We'll do that. There we go. Uh, so, so we have a double stack, not the double stack we ever intended, but we have a double stack. Um, and so then our last two picks will be uh, a tight end and either a running back or a wide receiver. I would say it would only be a running back for me if Malcolm Brown came back. Would you, oh, I, sh- I guess I, I guess I should have uh, argued that or asked you about that. Would you have taken Malcolm Brown ahead of Chase Edmonds? So I think Edmonds and Brown are really interesting because I think Edmonds probably has like a sort of similar ceiling outcome, but Edmonds probably has the better weekly production because it seems like the team does kind of want to use him and DJ both a little bit, although. Edmonds played zero of the scripted snaps in Murray's first drive, which I just thought was in, like, I just thought it was it. Like they've given so much lip service to using them both. I thought they might show that look for one snap but or Dave, something. But David Johnson was playing. Yeah. He played every, he played yeah. every snap. Yeah. Kyler looks, Kyler looked good, man. He looked good. Good enough for a guy who has a bunch of exposure to him in the seventh round. Yeah. He looked, yeah. he made, he did this one. He, he had this one play that was a run pass option where he changed his arm angle, like mid throw to get it underneath a lineman's arm. It was, he looks good. Oh man. I can't wait. It's going to be good times. I, I just, I really wish 
I really wish uh, Kyler Murray came to us like three years ago because three years ago in fantasy football, Kyler Murray would be getting drafted where Lamar Jackson is going now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I would have so much Kyler Murray. But because, yeah, yeah, for sure. It, the, the only reason I don't have a lot of Kyler Murray, Murray is price tag. Yeah, he's I too just, expensive. I'm just struggling with the seventh, eighth round tag. And so I don't have that much of him unless I'm specifically trying to accomplish a stack with them where I get Kirk or Johnson before. Um, and so it's just hard. But I like Cam, I, like, didn't get drafted at all his rookie year, huh? My no, my first, uh, my first draft that I did without like any rankings or whatever, I was just like, oh, like let me futz around on on draft. I took Kyler Murray, like I was super excited, like he's gonna be so fun, but the price is year, the price is is expecting him to be Deshaun Watson rookie year type situation, which I I think he probably will be, but he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins out there. Hey, he's got Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, a, be- a better fit for the modern NFL game. He's got Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald. He does have Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, my boy got scooped at tight end, uh, Darren Waller. That's who I've been hoping. I keep hope because, like, a few drafts early on, I could get him in the 17th, 18th, and he's, not, he's just not going there anymore. But Antonio Brown has ruined all that for me. So, t- so tight end too. Uh, back to Gasecki, Ricky Seals Jones. No, Ricky Seals Jones is gone. Gasecki, Gerald Everett, Jeff Swain. I've been taking some Jeff Swain as tight end. Yeah, Je- uh, Josh Oliver got hurt, so it seems like it's just going to be Swain season. Yeah, and I mean Foles is used to throwing to tight ends. I mean he had good tight ends, so maybe it's a different thing. Sure, Jeff Swain. Uh, I mean Marquise Lee's hurt, so yeah. Uh, Malcolm Brown, we're on deck. Jay Birds, don't you dare. Because I'd like to take Malcolm Brown. It would make me feel good to know that Malcolm Brown is still lasting to the 17th, 18th round, because that has not been the case. Seems, seems bizarre. He took Brian Hill, Jay Birds. That guy with that, that, that dude, That dude definitely does not read Roto Experts. So Malcolm Brown and Jeff Swain. Uh, let me just make sure what tight end do we have. We have... Henry at 12. Yeah. Just swim, not a conflicting bye week. So our, our squad, we finished out with Trubisky Lamar at quarterback, Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Rashad Penny, Chase Edmonds, Justice Hill, Tony Pollard, Malcolm Brown. Wide receivers are Juju Beckham, Ridley Davis, Moncrief, Gabriel Miller, and the tight ends are Henry and Swain. It's not. It's not a bad draft. It just. It just got messy in that middle around the quarterback spot. Which you know that happens. Drafts get messy, Drew. They do sometimes. It happens. Good stuff. I think that was. I do like those drafts where you are picking where where, where you pick at the wrap. I think it's yeah. a little. It's, it's a little easier. Podcaster for sure. Yeah, yeah. Way, way easier to podcast because otherwise you're just interrupting stream of thoughts all the time um anything else we should uh get out there you need to promote the uh the articles you got going on we we want the people to rate subscribe and review we do of course always leave a rating subscribe and review on itunes for the roto experts fantasy football podcast of course uh we would appreciate that obviously don't forget about all the fantasy football team previews that are going out on rotoexperts.com right now along this same feed and uh We'll, we'll pretty much have premium content coming out, uh, if not daily on Roto Experts, at least three times a week in addition to our normal free pieces as well. If, you are, if you're just kind of getting into 
uh, draft best balls, I would I would definitely suggest going to find the ultimate guide to winning draft best ball leagues. If you're a little bit closer to your draft, I would probably go tell you to check out the perfect draft. Uh, picks one through five and picks six through 12 are done for uh, 12 team PPR leagues. I think that you guys will enjoy that as well. Uh, and if you want 10% off of the Roto Experts package, you can get that using promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K. And we will see you back soon. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 